welcome to the Ride Life Podcast, a podcast dedicated to fitness and health for women mountain bikers, focusing in on the rider who wants to keep their body healthy, ride for fun, and feel stronger on their bike. I'm Liz, the host of this podcast. I'm a doctor of physical therapy, and I'm a level one mountain biking skills instructor. Before we get into today's episode, if you haven't checked out the Ride Life team, our monthly membership, you should. It's a fitness program helping you to empower your body, focusing on workouts for your level of strength, specifically for mountain biking ladies. Ladies that have just started these workouts are showing gains in just a couple weeks from bike balance and confidence on the trail. Check out the link through the episode notes below. Hope you enjoy the podcast. Up, I'm here, Liz. I am with the Ride Podcast. Welcome back. I hope that you've enjoyed the past episodes. I'm here with Nicole Hill. She is going to be talking about stress and sleep and so many other things that we are missing in our life. The main thing is, what are we missing more particular or more specific for health in us ladies? Nicole, can you tell me a little bit more about you and where you might be located or how people can see some of your stuff? Just a little background information on you. Absolutely. Um, I'm Nicole Hill and I am the owner of Nicole Hill coaching where I help people handle their stress better so they can sleep better, have more energy and just feel like a happier human being. Um, I have been in the fitness industry now for about 17 years, which is, I know insane to think about. And, um, I have hopped around to a lot of different areas, um, starting out in the physical therapy area and then moving more into the gym space and then corporate fitness. So my background is, um, well, I have a bachelor's degree in kinesiology, which is just the study of human movement. And, um, I have my transition really happened into the sleep and stress arena because, um, coaching women, I noticed a really big trend in, um, well, most of them were not sleeping and they were having a lot of trouble sleeping. And so that led me down the path of looking at, you know, really why we need to sleep and what the benefits are and what we're seeing when we're not sleep, what we're seeing when we're not sleeping and, um, how closely related that is to stress. So some of the other um, certifications that I have, I have a health mindset coaching certification, which deep dives into, of course, mindset and how we are looking at our health and fitness and how our mind is really a, um, a big part of our success. I am also currently working through um, Precision Nutrition's stress and sleep, which deep dives even more into that side of, um, you know, of sleep and stress and recovery. And I am also level one precision nutrition, um, certified. So really my big thing is simplicity and getting, um, really getting to the root cause of why we are dealing with a lot of these issues. So with coaching women in health and fitness, why aren't they getting regular exercise? Why are they having issues with maybe eating too much or too little? And most of those things go back to how they're sleeping and what their stress levels are are like, and really not having a good balance of stress. For sure. For sure. 
all things that I'm currently interested in. Also, if you're listening to my podcast and can't see, I have a little baby on my chest. And if you're on YouTube, here's little Lena. She is trying to go to sleep a little bit, little girl. Um, and so if you hear her getting upset at all or see me bouncing around and not staying still, that is because she's here also. That's why it's a little bit darker in here. <laughs> so sleep is up on my, my main things because Lena is just about 10 weeks old right now <laughs> and managing stress levels. Oh my gosh. So right. This is super pertinent for me and mm-hmm. my knowledge base for what I should be thinking about and doing as much as I can. And I think pertinent to a lot of people that are listening or watching. So what is one thing, and we're going to be covering two main things that we're missing in our health as a whole. What's one of the first ones that you want to start talking about and give us a little tip about, Nicole? Well, let's, um, I think stress management or really stress balance is the best place to start because if you're not balancing your stress well enough, that is going to affect your sleep. So let's start with balancing your stress. Um, there's a lot that you can start with, but in my opinion, the number one thing to start with is seeing the benefits of stress. So really improving your mindset around stress, because we are fed a lot of the harms that stress can do. That's not something I want to cover because I'm sure everyone is aware of how stress can really affect you negatively and how it can affect your life, how it can affect you physically and mentally. But I want to educate you and help you understand that stress can be good for us and it can actually help us. And the thing that I want to start with that I think is really interesting, and I had to have my notes in front of me because I want to make sure that I tell you this whole story. So most people are aware, um, and if you're not, um, in 2008, there was a huge economic crisis that happened, you know, um, really big, really stressful. So one of the first stress mindset interventions that happened was at a company called UBS, and they are a global financial firm. And if you're not aware, just a little background on investment bankers, they are some of the highest stressed people out there. There was a study that was done that showed that um, within 10 years of being within this firm, there was a hundred percent burnout rate. So, you know, and a burnout can show up in many different ways, but a hundred percent, that is, that's incredible. So there were, um, during the 2008 crisis, there were layoffs, people were taking pay cuts. And as a result of people getting laid off, that increased the workload of the people who were left there. So not only were they already stressed and burned out, there was an even, there was even more stress during this time. So what ended up happening was the company, um, they sent out an invitation for employees to join a stress management program. And they had 388 employees who responded and they split them into three groups. The first group was, the standard message of stress is bad. It can cause death. It can cause illness. It can cause all these things. It was just negative. The second group received the mindset intervention, which talked about the positives of stress and how it can enhance your health. Group three was a much smaller group and they didn't receive any training at all. So here's what happened. 
So groups one and two received, this was just within the course of one week. They got three videos. They were each three minutes a piece. And like I said, the uh, first group was negative mindset or negative effects of stress. Group two was the positive. So um, group two, what the videos talked about, this was the positive um, mindset. So it showed uh, or it told them stress can increase your physical resilience. It can increase your focus. It can strengthen relationships and your personal values. So the results of this um, group two actually showed really positive health outcomes, despite the very high levels of stress they were dealing with at work. So what they showed was um, employees had reported less anxiety and depression. Um, and then it also showed up in um, less back pain and decreased bouts of insomnia. Um, and then at work, I thought this was really interesting as well, because this was a very high stress environment, but at work, the employees reported greater focus, greater engagement and collaboration. So across the board, it was positive. And they mentioned too, in this, that it didn't just wipe out all of the, all of the knowledge that they had about what stress can do and how it can be harmful, but it showed them the positive of it. And it allowed them to handle their stress in a better way. So what happened with group one? Group one didn't AKA show any- the stress didn't stress them out. Right. It probably, they didn't mention anything about it, stressing them out more in group one, but group one didn't see the outcomes that group two did. And then obviously group three um, didn't show anything because they didn't get any training at all. And who knows, maybe they were more stressed out. And I wanted to illustrate that with more of an extreme example, because, um, you know, it, it can be easy if you have like, quote unquote, an easier life or maybe job that you can sit here and say like, oh, well, you know, that's going to be easy for me to have a more positive view on this because I'm not dealing with these really high levels of stress, but it showed that even in the, you know, something as extreme as going through a financial collapse, these employees with added obligations and outside stress, they were able to still show positive health outcomes. Nicole, do you find, this is something that I find, is that no matter what someone's life looks like, whether from an outside perspective, it's less stressful or not, mm -hmm. it's, we find stress within everything. You know, yeah. and so certain things like you can be living and doing what you want to do, but you'll still have quote unquote stressors in your life. Mm -hmm. And so it's still, there's still other things that tie into that, no matter what your life looks like, whether you're like in PT school or that I reference that because that was a super stressful time in my life or starting to work and having a huge caseload, other things like that having a baby, but other times also, whenever you don't have the quote unquote stressors, you still find yourself having and still getting some of those stressful reactions, no matter what your yeah. life looks like. Absolutely. And this isn't something I'm going to go in today, but yeah, what it, it's your perception, right? Yeah. It's the, the things that go on in your head and yeah, how you're perceiving those things. And I think that's why switching your mindset about, you know, like what stress actually does for you. And that's something I wanted to go through real quick too, is what the stress response actually does, because 
we hear a lot, we need to reduce our stress, we need to get rid of our stress. But that's not the point. Number one, life is never going to be without stress. And we don't want it to be because we need stress in our lives to help I really, what I always say is that the stress response is here to help us, but it can also be a messenger to really, it pushes us to take action of some sort. And one thing that I, that can come up a lot of times is, well, it's just, you know, being positive about everything. And that's not the case, you know, like, yes, that can be helpful, but being positive can also be a coping mechanism where you're only thinking about the positive things, but you're not actually doing anything about it. So what I really mean by that is, you know, one of the things that stress can do, um, you know, when you have an increased heart rate and, you know, you're feeling that stress, it can make, it can push you to maybe have a tough conversation with someone that, you know, is a friend or a family member or coworker, um, because the thing that you're dealing with is a stressor, but having that conversation is going to help you to deal with that, right? So it pushes you to do things. And it actually does encourage social connection with others. Um, and then another thing that stress helps us do is to rise to whatever challenge you're facing. Again, whether that's work or personal or, you know, anything recreational, if you're an athlete, you know, if you're, um, you know, if you're a mountain biker, these, this is going to be really important because what it helps you do is it helps to focus your attention. It heightens your senses and it also mobilizes energy. Um, so those are all going to be really important things to help you to, you know, rise to the challenge that you need to meet or the demand at work if you're facing a deadline. And then the last thing that it helps you do is to learn and to grow. And it's actually shown, um, there's something called um, neuroplasticity where you can actually build connections in your brain. So it helps your brain to form new connections, which is amazing that we can change our brain. And it also helps you to restore balance in your body from a nervous system perspective. So these are all of the really good things that stress helps us to do. And I believe that if we can, when we are in those stressful situations, if we can ask ourselves, how is this stress right now that I'm feeling helping me in this situation? And when we can connect those things, I think that, well, number one, it is shown to reduce the stress in our body in terms of our physical resilience. So if you are dealing with that stress, right, we have to have that stress response in order to take action. But the point is we don't want that stress hanging out in our body for too long of a time, right? We need to clear it out. And when we change our mindset and we see it more in a, um, in more of a positive light, it actually does help our bodies to clear that stress out quicker. Yeah, totally. It's, I relate it back to, to a couple things, like for people that retire, they lose the mm -hmm. demand that their body needs to do the demand that their mind needs to do, AKA they, they lose their stressors. Mm -hmm. And so then they, they don't push themselves in those different aspects. Same thing. Whenever people lose interest in like mountain biking or another sport is that they lose the challenge, they lose the stress. And so 
I wish I remember the name of this book. I'll put it in the episode notes later because I have it in my bookshelf over here, but it was written by a neuroscientist and she relates back a lot of different aspects of our, of our emotions that we go through. And one of them is good stress, bad stress, mm-hmm. and it's changing our bad stress to be our good stress, mm-hmm. which is exactly what you're talking about. Like rise to the, rise to the occasion, yep. not have it be around for too long and be able to look at what benefits it can lead you into either with different relationships, different things that you're going to gain as far as like knowledge, like for PT school, it pushed me to, to study. Like I needed yeah. that knowledge. Uh, same thing for working at different places out of school. Like it pushed me to change and cope and be more dynamic with myself, you know, and not be so stuck. Also pushes past certain anxieties. Um, yeah. A lot of ladies who have issues with riding in different groups, they think that they're going to mm. be too slow for them. They think they're going to hold everybody back, but it pushes them to actually have conversations with other women or other men in those groups saying, Hey, I am going to be slower. Is that cool with it? If I still ride with you guys and giving them the opportunity to say yay or nay, and then to accept their answer, mm-hmm. not still like once they've given you an answer, still think that they're lying to you, you No, know, accept it, <laughs> move on, go ride with them, have fun yeah. or know that, okay, they don't really want to go slow this time. I'm going to go ride over here this time or yeah. ride with another group. And so it's pushing them past that, but that is a stress. That is an anxiety that mm-hmm. comes with it. Yeah. It's, that's why I always say it's, it's a messenger. And if you are listening to the message that it's sending you, then it's going to help you to, like you said, turn that stressor into something more positive, because the thing is, is stress is stress. You know, there's you stress, which is your good stress and bad stress, but the body doesn't really know any different and stress is stress. But the whole point is to be able to be resilient and bounce back. Meaning you want to be able to clear that stress. You know, you have that stress response where it's mobilizing energy and it's, it's pushing us out of our comfort zone. But then, you know, once that, you know, we say it's like a threat, right. Is gone. Then we should be able to go back to that, you know, homeostasis or, or get that balance back in our body. And that's where, and I'm not going to go into this um, really deep, but that's where chronic stress, that's why it becomes, you know, a, um, a, it can be a detriment to your health is because your body is constantly on alert and, you know, the alarm bells are ringing for that threat, but there is no threat. Right. So that's why I think viewing stress from a positive way is good because it helps to, it's, it's really that balance. You need to find your stress balance or your sweet spot. Yeah. I think that's, that also brings up another point is that part of your life balance and to manage that, I basically have that like sinusoidal wave is that you do have to reduce those stresses at certain points in times to give you that recovery per se. Yeah. Basis per se. And so that's a part of managing your stress or managing your life, making different decisions, but knowing that whenever you do have stressful times, that it isn't necessarily always a bad thing to have those. Exactly. And that's going to, I'm going to go into my second point, which is sleep. So this is why 
you can't talk about one without the other. They are so closely connected to each other because if you think about it, like I mentioned earlier, what I have seen working with women over many years is they're not sleeping well. They might be sleeping seven to nine hours, but they're not getting good quality sleep. And usually that's some sort of anxiety or stress, which is coming from their day that they're not, um, you know, they're not able to balance. They're not getting it under control before going to bed. And the thing that sleep helps us do number one, it, um, it actually clears all of the, we're just going to call it gunk that builds up in our brain on a daily basis. You know, like how I like to relate this is think about, you know, when we were, when people are, if you are, or were in an office setting and, you know, you're there throughout the day and you're walking around, maybe bringing in a bunch of dirt and you're throwing out trash and it's dirty by the end of the day. So what happens at night, you have people coming in to clean and clearing all of those things out. So then everything is fresh and ready to go for the next day. And that's what happens with our brain. We need to be able to clear out those um, byproducts that, that build up throughout the day, um, whether it's, you know, physically or mentally, those things build up and we need to be able to clear them out to recover. So it's not only for brain recovery, which is important, but it also helps your body to recover. And, um, it shows up in all areas, right? So with sleep, it helps to boost your immune system. It helps you. Oh, this was the, the point that I was leading into, but it helps you to manage your stress. It's, it's, it's a two-way street. If you're not managing your stress throughout the day, it's going to affect your sleep and your sleep is what helps you to manage your stress. So you have to get control over that, which is why I like to really talk about building that positive stress mindset. Um, because with, think about, you know, when you have a really bad night of sleep, you feel moody, you feel on edge and things are able to, I guess I want to say rile you up a little bit more. You're just not able to handle your emotions like you would when you have a good night of sleep. Um, it also helps you getting good night's sleep, helps you to manage food cravings and it aids in recovery. So if you're sick, um, you know, if you're exercising or biking, it's going to help you recover from that. And it's going to help you recover from injuries as well. For sure. And one like side note about that, we use heart rate to tell us where we are in different zones to help us with understanding how we're training. And as I've talked in a previous podcast, it's that part of what affects our heart rate that may give us different or incorrect signals back is that we are stressed or we didn't sleep well, or we didn't have good nutrition. Like those are three of those. And going back to what you're saying, like those are going to mess with how we're, how we're trained. It's going to mess with how our response is to the other stress from exercise mm -hmm. because exercise is quote unquote stress. It also, as we look at even going into more menopause and those type of times in our life, that's important why we need actually exercise stress to increase our heart rate, to put pressure on our body, because we need to have a response that happens in our body from the exercise stress. 
And that's how we make specific changes as you're younger. And before you go through menopause, it doesn't matter quite as much uh-huh. for that, but because we have different hormones, but as we go into menopause, it's important for us to make that stress reaction happen. Absolutely. That's so true. And, you know, even just from a hormonal perspective, (laughs) you can see her not sleeping now. I know she loves us talking about sleep and stress. It puts her right to sleep. I don't know if that's a good thing or not. Maybe. Yeah. (laughs) I don't know. I know. Right. Um, but from a hormonal perspective, that's, that's also true. It, it, and that's why just systemically for our entire body, we have to sleep because it affects every part of our body. You know, I talked about the brain emotions and just clearing out waste products and then our recovery from exercise, because if you're not recovering from exercise, right. So obviously, you know, the stress response, you you have the stressor, right. And then you come down a little bit because you have to start recovering from it. But if you are never recovering, you're going to hit burnout. That's what happens if you're not recovering from your exercise. And we know what happens with burnout. Well, number one injury happens, which we don't want to happen. And, um, you know, there's a whole host of other things and, you know, so here are some things that you can look out for if you're not getting good sleep, obviously for the most part, you know, that you're just not going to feel awake. You're not going to feel good. Um, but it shows up. I hear this a lot, just having a foggy brain, not being able to, to focus or concentrate forgetfulness is one sign, um, impaired judgment, not being able, yeah, not being able to make good judgments. And it's funny because I worked in corporate America for five years and people are really proud of the fact that they don't sleep a lot. And they're like, oh, I function just fine. You might think that you function just fine. Physically, you're probably not. And that shows up in a lot of different ways. But Think about how much better you could be, how your judgment may be better. Your concentration may be better. Like you, you think you might be functioning well, but you could be functioning at a much higher level. If you were to get good quality sleep, you also get sick a lot. I see this all the time. People getting sick. I mean, at least once a month, maybe multiple times a month, um, because what that ends up doing is it decreases your T cell production, which has to do with your immune system. And um, you are decreasing the effectiveness of how your immune system is able to respond to viruses and bacteria. Your workouts also feel really hard, or it also shows up as Um, you know, this slows or shows up in your sleep. If you are stressing your body out and you're not recovering, you're going to notice that you're not going to be able to maybe fall asleep as easily stay asleep. Um, and you're always sore. I'm sure you see that a lot where people just can't recover from their rides or their workouts. So those are all the ways of knowing, like, if you need to look at sleep a little bit more, what about the people that they already know that and they, want to help their sleep to help their stress to help their stress mm-hmm. to help their sleep that huge old snowball right. effect that we have going on so what's one thing um, that they can do to okay. help with that number one i'm going to go back to it but i'm not going to go into detail 
get into a positive stress mindset, number one, because, and get, um, get control over your stress in the beginning part of the day. Um, one tip as well, if you need something tangible to do, get outside, even if it's cold, even if it's not sunny, um, getting outside, even for a five minute walk has shown to decrease levels of stress. Um, because number one, you're getting exercise. It's, it's killing two birds with one stone. You're getting exercise and you're getting sunlight, which is going to help with your circadian rhythm. And it's going to help you get to sleep easier at night, but even easier to, um, to focus on the sleep part is getting a handle on what your stress or not your stress, your sleep environment looks like. Um, I, I see this a lot where people are sleeping too hot. So number one, check what the temperature is that you're sleeping at night. What's the temperature in your room? Um, I see a lot of people and I used to do this. I would sleep at like 75, 76 degrees where, yeah, I know. And I did this for a very long time until I learned about this, but optimally you want to be I personally sleep around 69 to 70 degrees. That's good for me. Um, colder than that, it doesn't help me, but everyone's different. So 65 to 69 degrees, I, I have found is a sweet spot for most people. Make sure that, and you can do that either by turning down your AC or they sell, there's different technology out there that you can put underneath of your sheets in order to cool you down if you don't want to worry about an electric bill, but that's first and foremost. Number two is making sure that you are in a dark room and you can do that one of two ways. You can obviously get blackout curtains. What I like is a sleep mask um, because even if you can't get your room completely dark, the sleep mask is gonna block out everything. Number three is um, outside noises is a really big problem for many people. So getting either um, using white noise, whether that's having a fan in your room, which is what I do, or like if you're away and you're traveling and you don't have a fan, find either white noise. I have found brown noise is actually my favorite. And you can find that um, I have a really good loop on Apple music, but brown, brown um, music is also good as well, or noise. Brown noise. For me, it kind of sounds like a fan. It's, it's so, I know it's so strange. Well, my husband's in that white noise. My husband's um, brother mentioned it to me. He's like, you got to try brown noise. And I'm like, what the heck is brown noise? But go and listen to it. It sounds completely different than white noise. Cause I, I'm not really a fan of white noise. I have a fan that I've literally slept with now for almost 15 years. <laughs> and the only purpose it serves is my white noise. <laughs> But make sure because, you know, I know a lot of people have different noises happening. One other thing, too, is think about the noises that you can't really block out pets. So, you know, if you sleep with your pets, that could be ruining your sleep. So that's something to take a look at and, and you know, and seeing if there's anything you can do about that. Um, I have cats and the door has to stay shut. I even had to change my doorknob because my one cat loved to just like push on. It's like one of those handles. It's not a knob, but I had to change it to a knob. So, you know, think about little things like that, that are disturbing your sleep. If you have a partner who is a snorer, that's a huge thing, you know? So can you 
sleep in a different room if that's possible. Can you get headphones or can you use some sort of white noise? So your environment is going to be huge. Um, making sure that you actually have a comfortable mattress and pillow. Um, that can be, I mean, that's probably the number one thing that I think affects people is um, sleeping on a really old mattress that's past its due date. <laughs> so check that okay. out. Side, um, note. Side note on the white noise. They make a lot of white noise, like traveling things for babies. Yeah. And so you can buy some of those um, for, for yourself too, especially mm -hmm. if you travel a lot or if you just want to use that instead of a fan, I yep. never knew they made these and I could have used them years ago, but I didn't yes. think about it, that they make traveling, just white noise machines, which is amazing. I which love they do for babies, especially <laughs> since you, like put them all certain different places in the house mm -hmm. a lot of times, or you're holding them when walking around different times yep. or you're at the grocery store or other things like that. And you want to pop that in with them, then it's, it creates that white noise environment. So it's not as, there's not as like shocking of other things. Yeah. It's so helpful. It, it's, it's really interesting just sleeping and I can't sleep without any noise now, just the silent. I can't do it. Oh. Um, de-stressing obviously before bedtime can help. Um, and it doesn't have to be anything big. The number one thing that helps with my clients is journaling and it, it's not even any sort of, um, like set questions. I tell them to just brain dump, take a piece of paper or notebook, whatever, and literally just write out all of your thoughts, your feelings, any to do's, everything that's in your brain, write it down, put it on your bedside. And even with my most stressed out corporate clients, this helps tremendously because they're like, Oh, well, now I'm not worrying about every, anything because I have, you know, if I had a to-do list in my head, now it's on paper and I can go back to that later on. So it really does help decrease a lot of um, anxiety. And because I do know that um, a lot of people deal with just like ruminating thoughts, they're just constantly in their brain. So it helps to get them out. For and sure. then last thing, turn off electronics. Do not fall asleep with the TV on number one, the light, the light from the TV is going to hinder your sleep. And then, um, you know, just the sound from that TV, it's going to, it's much different than using white noise, but get rid of the TV. <laughs> get so, it out so I'm completely opposite when it comes to the TV stuff. Cause so I'm an engineer first mm -hmm. and then I turned PT. And so I started my brain dump at night was watching history show channels. <laughs> and so I would just watch that fall asleep, wake up a little bit, turn it off, but it would help me to not wake up in the middle of the night solving math problems. Interesting. And so I would, I would go back through what the show was on. Yeah. Instead of actually what my to-do list or my other stuff was, huh? and it would, it would give me something else that was not stressful uh -huh. to think about during it. Yeah. Oh my gosh. That's so, that's so interesting. So you would wake up thinking about solving math problems. Dude, I would solve them in my sleep. It was so terrible. That's the last thing you want to do whenever you're sleeping is try to solve a math problem, especially like a differential equation problem. It's terrible. Kind of like let me put this differential over here, this, I like get it, it just too much. 
Oh my and gosh, so I would I started I'm watching person, history <laughs> show and it was the best thing for my sleep. It completely changed it. <laughs> Cause you put on something boring, like the history channel where it's just like facts, you know, Yeah, There's facts. No it interested me enough that I would like take yeah. bits and bits and pieces of it. My yeah. husband makes fun of me. So I don't do it now because I have her, but I don't have a whole lot. That's like stressing me out in my life at the moment. And we watched this like British castle show on Netflix so many times. <laughs> we had started different parts because we'd fall asleep within the first like 10 minutes of it. Oh yeah. So I'd, I'd skip to the next 10 minutes for episode one. Then I'd skip to like 20 minutes in. <laughs> I'd watch from those points. That's, that my husband's like, how many times are we going to watch this? I'm like, I don't know. It's castle time. <laughs> That's great. I know it's well, you know, because a lot of times what happens with TV it because, you know, it's the same thing with books. You don't want it to be something that is like really mentally stimulating because that's going to keep you up. Right. So that's the problem with blue light is that it stimulates your brain. And then if you have like a story, like, so for instance, I had to do a cutoff on when, like, I don't really watch a lot of like murder mystery stuff. I can't do that. I dream about it. Oh yeah. Big time. Like I, but I don't ever usually watch it. What was I watching? We were watching, maybe it was Dexter. It was like the, the new blood or whatever. And my dreams were just insane and very stressful. So that's why, I mean, it's going to be different for everyone and, um, just watch, watch what you're reading or watching because definitely going to affect your dreams and, you know, can cause some, <laughs> some stress, which is what you don't want in your sleep, obviously. For sure. For sure. Well, Nicole, thank you so much. So kind of like main points that I took away from it, one changing your stress into a, what can I gain from this mm-hmm. ideology? And that helps you to get that lull in it that recovery from your stressful moments that we all need. And then two, sleep plays into stress. Stress plays into sleep. We all, a lot of us knew that already, that whenever we had stressful days that we didn't sleep quite as well. And then the main things to do to help with sleep, one is changing your mindset of what stress can do for you. And then two, your sleep environment, which a lot of us know, a lot of us have been told this in the past. Mm -hmm. I think the heat part is something to watch out for, making sure it's cool enough for you and making sure that we manage our noises around us mm-hmm. for it. And then what was the other one that I thought was a little bit more specific? Um, de-stressing, the journaling. Um, the journaling. I think that that is a nice, like a brain dump because I tell people to write stuff down with helping managing, helping their sleep. Cause that's something that's important for health, obviously, mm-hmm. but brain dumping pretty much anything mm-hmm. and where it can go back through. I've had people write a to-do list. So they stop thinking about what they need to be doing. Yeah. You know? Or even I have them block out their calendar for times yes. when they're going to be able to actually implement those things on their to-do list. Mm-hmm. Um, but brain that's dumping, I think one. is that's a, that's a really big one that a lot of people don't think about. That's, that's probably the number, like one of the number one things to do, just not even focusing on like 
stress and sleep specifically is to focus on what need, like putting things in your calendar and scheduling them in, because then that allows you to actually stay present and know I don't have to worry about this thing because it's already in my schedule. Yep. That's what I try to do is like, when are you going to actually get this done? Because you need to get it done, obviously, since you're thinking about it. Exactly. When is it actually going to happen? And that's, I know for me, super helpful. Also helps me with managing how long is this actually going to take me and how much time am I spending on certain things? Because if I'm spending too much time on it, I need to realize that I'm not perfect and get the shit done. Exactly. And it's going to, the time that you give yourself to do it, you will get it done within that amount of time, right? Where if you give yourself 30 minutes, you're going to get it done in 30 minutes. But if you give yourself two hours or two days, that's when it's going to get done. So yeah, like putting yourself on a deadline and getting that's And that's another thing that you can even play into sleep is, um, realizing that it's not going to be perfect. Like nothing is going to be perfect. Don't worry about light on your face. I know. (laughs) I sit right next to a window and the sun has shifted through my blinds. It's (laughs) blinding me right now. But yeah, like realizing that, um, it's not about being perfect. It's just about getting a little bit better. That's that's, and that's life. Like nothing is perfect. You're always going to be learning new things. So just you know, start with one or two things. And that's because that's another way that stress can creep into your life is constantly expecting perfection. And that's just never going to happen. So how can you just get better? How can you be 1% better? For sure. For sure. That caused a little bit of a tangent, but anyways, Uh Nicole, thank you so much for your time. I always go a little bit longer whenever I talk to somebody happens every single time. (laughs) Um, how can they find you to follow up if they have any other questions or she's going to be paying attention to some of the comments on YouTube. Mm -hmm. How can they also follow you for more information about some of this? Because you have some programs on sleep slash stress. How can they get some more of your information? You do reels on Instagram, right? That they give you some more things, helpful tips, right? Yeah. I've been playing around with some more videos. It's fun. Um, but you can find me. Um, just friend me on Facebook. Um, it's my personal accounts, Nicole Hill. Um, you can find me on Instagram at Nicole Hill coaching. And if you want to shoot me an email, just to let me know what you thought, or you want to chat a little more, you can email me at Nicole and I C O L E at Nicole Hill coaching.com. Sweet. Awesome. I'll put those links also down below in the YouTube and also like the description and also in the podcast episode notes. Hope y'all enjoyed this. Got a little bit something, a little tangible bite for you and have a great day. Bye y'all. Well, that wraps up another episode of the Ride Life Podcast. I hope that you enjoyed it. If you did, please subscribe below. And also, if you want to empower your body, if you want to feel stronger on your bike and you need more direction of what to do or how to do it, if you need to understand how to actually use your core better, check out the monthly membership, The Ride Life Team, in the episode notes below. You won't be disappointed. Take care and happy riding.